Greetings and welcome to HVAC Chats, a series of HVAC episodes by Contracting Business and Endeavor Business Media. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business Magazine and Director of Content for ContractingBusiness.com. HVAC Chats offers insights by guest HVAC contractors into their business management challenges and successes. And we will also provide insight by leaders from various HVAC associations on topics of interest to contractors. Our guests have many years of experience, and we thank them for sharing their insights with you, their contractor colleagues. And we also thank you for tuning in to each new episode. Now on to the show. Premier episode of HVAC Chats from Contracting Business and Endeavor Business Media. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business. HVAC Chats provides you with short interviews with leading HVAC contractors about what they're doing within their companies to improve, grow, and adapt to the many changes taking place in the industry. And for this first episode, we're speaking with John Ryan, President of Gens Ryan, a family-owned and operated HVAC plumbing and electric contractor based in Burnsville, Minnesota. Welcome, John, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Terry. Thanks for having me on HVAC Chats. You're welcome. John, tell us a bit about the history of Gens Ryan, the services it provides, and a breakdown of employees. Yeah, so Gens Ryan was founded in 1950 by my father, Jack Ryan, and uh, Louie and Greta Gens. That's where the Gens comes from in Gens Ryan. And then my grandma, Rose Ryan. Um, my grandfather, my dad's father, passed away in 1945. My dad, I believe he was like 15, 16 years old. And uh, dad tried his hand at at college. And I think he went there, I think, to try to play football. And that didn't quite work out because uh, there was class required with it. So dad found out pretty quickly that uh, that college wasn't, wasn't his future. So he came back home to uh, his hometown, Rosemount, Minnesota, small town in in uh, suburbs of Minneapolis St. Paul uh, traditionally a very Irish uh, heritage in the in the town and was trying to figure out what to do tried a few things and um, and then he um, Louis Gens one day came up to my dad put his arm around his shoulder and he said Jackie we're gonna go into business together and so in 1950 they they founded uh, Gens Ryan uh, January 1st actually 1950 so they started uh, started the year off with a clean slate and they historically they were they started out in well drilling and mainly because that was a huge part of their business well drilling and well service because it was a very rural community back then and they also did plumbing and and later added HVAC and then in 1965 Louis Gens and and Greta they retired and and sold the interest to my to my father and he was the uh, primary owner, along with my mom, who uh, joined the company in the in late 70s, early 80s, and um, they ran the company by themselves as sole owners. And in 1980, uh, when interest rates were sky high, we decided to sell the well or close or sell the well drilling business and focus primarily on new construction, plumbing and heating. And they were the owners until 1997, when my brothers and I bought the bought the company from them. There was initially four of us. Uh, my brother Mike, 
my brother uh, Bob, Dan, and myself. And between 97 and 2017, uh, brothers left the company. I unfortunately, we, I should say, lost our brother Dan to uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease in 2009. And then in uh, 2017, my brother Bob, who was my last business partner, he retired and I became the sole owner of the company. Like I said, in, we were historically, we're a new construction company and, and we weathered the, the 2008 financial crisis. Everyone else, they call it the Great Recession, but if you were in housing, it was a depression. So we shrank by about two thirds um, of our business size in about 18 months. We went through about over 300 employees down to below 100, I think, at, at one point. And then we weathered that. And, and I think ever since that time, we said, look, we have to start diversifying ourselves a little bit. And we started focusing on growing our service division. And then um, in October of 22, um, so just, what, six months ago, uh, I made the decision to close our new construction division. And ever since then, we've been focused on residential service and replacement only. Uh, we we have the trades we have. Our HVAC is our largest segment of our business. We also do plumbing, electrical, and drains. And our service area, we service the entire Twin Cities metropolitan area. That's in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We call it the Twin Cities. Um, so we'll do about a 30 to 40 mile, mile radius from our office, which is in the southern suburbs of the Twin Cities. But most of our work, the, the largest percentage of our work is within about a 15 to 20 mile radius. We have about 100 employees right now, uh, roughly about 60 people in the field and, and then in the office management warehouse uh, and support, we have about 40 people. All right, great. That's a great story of beginning a business and and then survival and changing. Well, we know, John, that you've started a new training program to meet the ongoing challenges most HVAC businesses are facing, that of finding new talent. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, we um we started the program. First class started in January of this year uh, of 2023. And we've been we were kind of in the planning stages of that for about the last 18 months. And um, so when we launched the program, we launched, it's called the Jack Ryan Academy or what we call the JRA. And it's named after my late father, Jack Ryan, who was really a pioneer in many respects around the, around the Twin Cities and in the mechanical trades. He was, he was on the uh, uh, commission for a guy who was, there was a Governor Wendell Anderson who was on the, uh, famously on the cover of Time Magazine back in the 60s, the title of the article was Living the Good Life in Minnesota. So Jack was on a commission with Governor Wendell uh, Anderson, and that was the for the purpose of founding the uh, water well licensing in the state of Minnesota. So Jack actually had one of the first water well licenses in the state of Minnesota. And uh, so, you know, in many respects, the students that that many of the students, I should say, that are going to go through the program, very similar to my dad, tried his hand at college, kind of muddled around for a while, trying to from job, doing different types of jobs, and until he found the trades. Um, and that's in respect, that's a lot of what our current students and future students will be going through. Um, and we, you know, we added this uh, t uh, this program mainly because 
we were going through the same problem that I think a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot, probably every contractor is going through is just, you can't find talent. And we end up competing with one another for the same small population of, of skilled techs. And so the technicians end up kind of doing the round robin around all the different um, contractors in the, in our area. And beyond that, uh, Terry, it became very hard to find people who had the blend of technical skills and the interpersonal skills. Uh, some of them, many of them have gone to the trade schools uh, and invested a lot of time and energy in going to the trade schools, but there's such a heavy focus on the mechanical and technical side, which is important, but it's it maybe at best is 30 to 40% of, of what it takes to do this job well. So, you know, you, you as a contractor, you're kind of like, you, you, we felt like we were walking around with that glass slipper trying to find Cinderella. And um, we also recognize that, you know, we would not be able to meet our goals that we had, not only for 2023, but over the next five years and, and then right on through the end of the decade. If we couldn't find the talent, we weren't going to be able to grow. Um, so that's that's really what we're what we're the why of. You know why we started the program. And is this training open to persons of any age? Yeah, it, it is. It's it's open to people of any ages. Um, our, our goals right now, we're focusing on <clears throat> entry level uh, for 2023. We'll have about 48 enrollees in the program this year, and, and uh, we're expecting about an 85% graduation rate. So by the end of the year, we'll have added 40 new <clears throat> technicians to our team. And we'll, anybody is eligible, we hire we hire exclusively on culture and personality. Uh, no work experience is required in the trades. Actually, it's preferred because you know we're not bringing any bad habits um, or don't have, I should say, the potential of bringing any bad habits and we don't have to re-educate somebody. Really, the only thing would be a high school degree or an equivalent. And more than anything, Terry, you have to be motivated to want to learn and you have to be passionate about this. That's great. What can students expect to learn in a 12-week session? Can they be prepared to enter the field after that 12 weeks? Correct. Yeah. So it's it's a 12-week program, like you had said, and it really kind of breaks down like this. We, you know, the first weeks, uh, week one and two, is really just kind of an introduction and fundamentals. The majority of their time is spent in a in a classroom. Um, they're they're learning about HVAC and electrical basics. They're learning about safety. Uh, they're learning about the different tools of the trades, um, and we make sure they know um, which end of the hammer is the business end, I guess, is the easy way to say it. And then we'll do kind of a full system evaluation. So about 50% of their time, those first two weeks is spent in the classroom. 40% is spent in the lab. We have a lab here that we've got probably about six to eight different HVAC systems that are set up and functioning, and, and they spend time in there. And then they'll spend about 10% of their time in the field and they're basically they're spending time with the installation side the service side and they're just getting a survey of how the field how the field works and then at the end of those two weeks we we kind of have a gut check and we make sure hey students is this a good fit for you not just a career but but gens ryan is it a good fit for you and then vice versa same thing with us and uh, if it is then at the end of those two weeks we're issuing their uniforms and then they get into the meat of the program um, then we break it up into two real uh, specific blocks. 
there's a three-week program weeks three four and five are, are focused on heating and electrical and they they're spending about 40 percent of their time in the lab at that point 40 percent of their time is is doing ride-alongs uh, with maintenance technicians where they can apply some of the things that they're learning in the classroom and lab and and then the 20 percent of their time is spent in in the classroom at the end of week four they get their tools and vans uh, are issued to them. And the topics that they're focusing on, on, on the electrical side, they're, they're learning about electrical circuits, how those work and how to read an electrical diagram. And on the heating side, they're looking at uh, different types of equipment and controls. They're looking at the components of the equipment. They look at this distribution system, the air distribution systems, and then they're, they're understanding about the basics of how to wire a, a, a system. And that's just on the heating side. Then in weeks six through eight, we switch to, they've got a three-week program on, on cooling. And their percentage of time in the field, uh, lab and class stay the same, but again, it's focusing on the cooling. So they're learning about the refrigeration cycle. They're learning how to charge and recovery, uh, the charging and recovery of refrigerant. Um, they learn about the different components of, the, of a, uh, an air conditioner components of, uh, and how they function. We teach them how to braze. They're, they do leak testing. And, they learn about heat pumps as well, and then mini splits. At the end of week six, they go solo in the field to start applying some of the things that they've learned. So we'll give them some, you know, systems that are basically one to two years old. And um, they're just get putting hands on and focusing a lot on cleaning and, and just customer service, getting comfortable with, with uh, interacting with, with customers. At the end of week seven, they take their EPA test, which we can do, um, in-house and then week eight is the last week of their classroom so they don't really have any more classroom at the end of week eight weeks nine and ten they're 60 percent in the lab and 40 percent in the field and so then we're doing things they're troubleshooting systems so we can we can simulate different types of failures and issues with the systems that we have in our lab and they're they're learning about how to troubleshoot those those different types of failures and then the last two weeks, 100% in the field. And then they're also, if they have any, if they missed anything, they're doing some makeup stuff. Um, if there was a section that they had any particular challenge with, um, we do um, daily mini quizzes. And then we have, you know, one to three um, exams throughout the throughout the course. And so if there's an area that they were a little weaker on, they go back and do a little makeup. And then they, in any additional technical training that that may be required. Throughout the entire program, we're focusing on customer service and, and sales 100%. We also teach them like little things like how to interact with the suppliers portals, how to do paperwork, how to use our systems, how to navigate through the different processes in our office so that they're armed and, and uh, trained to, to go through the whole program. We, big thing for us, uh, because it, so much of what we do is uh, customer service, we really hold them to a code of conduct. We have an appearance um, uh, appearance standards. Uniforms, they have to wear uniforms. Once their uniforms are issued to them, they wear them in the classroom, in the lab, and in the field 100%. And we have standards for, uh, you know, their shirt has to be tucked in, their uniform has to be clean, um, they have to, the grooming is something that we teach them. And then as well, you know, like if they have any tattoos, like sleeves on their, um, uh, tattoo sleeves on their arms, you know, we inform them, look, you can't have any exposed tattoos. You have to cover those up. And the same thing with any body piercings, those all have to be covered up as well. 
attendance is a big issue um, that, you know, they can get nailed for that uh, if they are late, uh, any unexcused absences, or if they're not following process. So we have a point system. Uh, they can have points, uh, they can have points earned against them for, like I mentioned, unexcused absences, tardies, personal hygiene, uniform smoking in the vehicles, smoke, uh, even worse, smoking in a homeowner's uh, place of residence, safety and PPE, if they, you know, they're required to, to wear safety glasses, um, gloves, um, because some of the things that they're touching can be, you know, can be um, uh, hazardous to their skin um, and then floor protectors for the for the customer's home so any more than eight points and they are uh, that's the results in a termination from the program wow what a great program it is and when will this current class graduate yeah so we our our current class will graduate at the end of june uh, there are 11 students in that in that uh, program right now age range of 19 to 41 and so uh, there's somebody who just graduated high school and there's somebody who's in his 40s who's looking for a career change um the first class graduated at the end of uh at the end of march there was 11 students enrolled and, and eight students graduated and then we'll have two more cohorts this year every fiscal every calendar quarter there'll be a new cohort starting and how are you bringing attention to the Jack Ryan Academy? Yeah, we've we've had two articles that have been published about us in in local. There was a like a local business uh, magazine that serves that covers the Twin Cities area in Minnesota, Greater Minnesota, and there was another more community organ, uh, oriented type uh, um, magazine. We were in the Minneapolis paper uh, about our talking about the challenges that you know all businesses are having. And uh, was a focus on the closing of our uh, new construction division and about the construction of the the Jack Ryan Academy and what we were accomplishing there. And then we also we worked with community groups, high school guidance counselors. We we're spending a lot of time with them. We also attend uh, career fairs in the area, and we also do advertisements on local radio and social media. All right, that's a fantastic program you've started, not only to bring people into HVAC, but it really is a fine tribute to your dad, Jack Ryan, and I really wish you well with it. John, Thank if you, you could, you're welcome. Could we just wrap up with one or two key points that you feel are important for contractors to keep in mind? Yeah, you know, some of the best advice I received was uh, from a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Chad Peterman, Peterman Brothers Heating and Air out of Indianapolis. And a recommendation he gave not only to me, but to a number of people was, you know, don't do this type of program if you don't have a growth mindset. There's no reason for you to invest in a program like what we've invested in, where we're turning out 30 to 40 new technicians a year. There are a lot of ways that you can use, that you can that you can grow. There's a lot of training opportunities out there. There's your, your talk to your, um, your wholesalers, there's manufacturer training. I think the important thing is, is you just set out, identify what your goals are and then identify what what are you going to need in, in terms of human capital to get from where you are to where you want to be. And it's OK to do this in stages. You really kind of have to have a long term perspective on this. Think out about three to five years. And if you only need one, two or three technicians per year, that's totally fine. 
There's online resources for training. Um, there's you don't need to take something a project on this large if if your aspirations and goals don't line up with that. That's great. So John, uh, could other contractors contact you should they have any questions and how can they do that? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably one of the best ways, Terry. Um, you just search me, John Ryan in Gens Ryan. That's G as in Gary, E, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, hyphen R-Y-A-N um, in Minnesota. And you can find me right on there. Reach out to me, message to me, con uh, connect to me. I'm happy to help anyone out. Everything I learned, Terry, I learned by the generosity of other people in the trades um, who, you know, we want to see like a, it really is a uh, rising tide la uh, lifts all ships, you know. And um, that's a great way. Or you can email me at uh, John R, that's J-O-N-R, at GensRyan.com, G-E-N-Z-R-Y-A-N.com. All one word on Gens Ryan there. All right, that's great. John, I want to thank you for your time. And thank you out there for listening to this episode of HVAC Chats. I'm Terry McIver. That wraps up this episode of HVAC Chats. Thank you, as always, to our guests and to you, our beloved listeners. If this is your first time listening to HVAC Chats, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And if you are a regular listener, please share the podcast with your colleagues who would find our episodes valuable. Until our next episode, you can find us on contractingbusiness.com. This is Terry McIver. Have a great day, everybody.